The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The two disciples recounted what had taken place on the way and how Jesus was made known to them in the breaking of bread. While they were still speaking about this, he stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. But they were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. Then he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do questions arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, because a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you can see I have. And as he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While they were still incredulous for joy and were amazed, he asked them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of baked fish. He took it and ate it in front of them. He said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. And in the prophets and that and that everything written about me in the law of Moses and in the prophets and Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. The Gospel of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, there's a certain theme in all of the readings today that points to the reality that Jesus is the answer, the cure, the remedy for a divided heart. <clears throat> and that Jesus is the cure for the divided heart. And it's a theme that's like, so important for each and every one of us to reflect on is this theme of a divided heart. Because anyone who is stuck in sin or who struggles in sin struggles with a divided heart. 
There's a part of us that surrenders our life to our Lord, and then there's a part of us who doesn't really trust Him so much. In the first reading from the Acts of the Apostles, Peter is proclaiming the gospel to the Jews, and he recalls for them that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and denied in Pilate's presence when he had decided to release him. He was very clear in the way he points out to the Jews that they didn't receive Jesus for who he was, even though he had been in their midst, even though he had cured people in their midst. Many people in the crowd had been followers of Jesus. They were the same crowds who were witnesses to the feeding of the 5,000, or the same crowds who witnessed him heal the paralytic who was lowered down in the synagogue. The same crowds that were present when he proclaimed the Sermon on the Mount. And yet, at his crucifixion, They denied him. He says, you denied the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. And so he points out very clearly that their hearts are divided. But then immediately he says to them, now I know that you did this out of ignorance. I know you didn't really know what you were doing. Therefore, repent and be converted, that your sins may be wiped away. And so in Peter's preaching, he's very clear, like, your hearts are divided, but I know that you're acting out of ignorance, so repent and be converted. Like, know that our Lord still gave his life for you, even though you handed him over. And in our own lives, we also go through that same process of affirming and denying our Lord. We might be very dedicated to our Lord when we're here on Sundays or very dedicated to our Lord when we're volunteering for something or at our mom's Bible studies or at our men's groups. And then when we get home and loneliness hits or we get home and we have an agitated relationship with our spouse or our children are just being super rambunctious or something. We can deny him in our actions. And the letter of St. John points this out also very clearly. He says, I'm writing this to you so that you won't commit sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. 
But then he says this. He says, those who say, I know him, but do not keep his commandments are liars and the truth is not in them. And so St. John, the beloved disciple, who would be the most merciful, probably most loving, most close to the heart of Jesus, writes that those who say they know him but don't keep his commandments are liars. That there's a division in our hearts. In other words, we're fooling ourselves if we say that we know Jesus and we're stuck in sin at the same time. And this is a dynamic that tends to plague us in our own time in the church. Especially among young people. To believe that we can be holy and also attached to sin at the same time. And I hear it quite often in the work that I do with Integrity Restored or the national work that I do because like sometimes like a wife will write into our website and she'll say something like, you know, my husband's such a holy man, but at the same time her husband is stuck in sin. And it's not condemning or anything, it's just saying that we can't be holy and have a divided heart that's an oxymoron. And the path out of that, too, is this path of repentance. And recognizing that, like, I am not holy, and yet our Lord still gave his life for me in order to heal me, in order to bring about my conversion. And sometimes we can be prideful and we can assume that we know Jesus. And yet still in those same circumstances we turn away from him or we trust in something besides him. One of the biggest breakthroughs I had with a spiritual directee one time was when she came into my office and she said, Father, I was in chapel and I realized I have no idea who Jesus is. Okay, now you can start to know him. Now you can start to know him. You know, in this same dynamic of a divided heart, it shows up in today's gospel with these disciples who go back to the twelve and they go back to Jerusalem after encountering our Lord on the way to Emmaus. It says they recounted what had taken place on the way and how Jesus was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. And for them, they had walked with Jesus this whole time. They had witnessed everything that had happened to him, and then after his death, they left. And then yet our Lord came to them. And he revealed to them in a deeper way who he is. And as he reveals to them who he is, it says in that passage that their hearts were burning and they had to go back. And then our Lord appeared to all of them saying, peace be with you. You This is what our Lord wants to do in our lives. 
is to bring unity and clarity and peace to a divided heart. And our Lord knows that heart, like he knows your hearts. And our Lord, who is fully God and fully man and sees everything clearly, when he looks at that divided heart, his own heart experiences the anguish of that kind of division. His own heart experiences that sort of partial union, partial rejection that we experience within ourselves. His own heart longs for you to come to him and to experience his mercy, to experience his healing, You know, in every missionary of charity convent, they put the words, I thirst, by the crucifix. Because our Lord thirsts for us, he desires for us to come to him and to allow him to transform our lives. He thirsts for our repentance and conversion. And that repentance begins by being completely honest with him. Just as St. Peter and St. John point out to their communities the fact that their hearts are divided so that they can come to repentance, we too have to be honest about the division in our own hearts and the division in our own lives. To go to him and to start with that reality that, Lord, I want to follow you and I'm trying to follow you, and yet I'm still very much attached to this sin. To experience him as he looks down at us with love. And he says to us the same thing that he said to so many people. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be whole again? What is it that you want me to do for you? His desire is for us to come to know that he is the answer to all of our frustrations, all of our loneliness, all of our feelings of rejection, all of our feelings of abandonment. He is the one who can fill that space in our lives. And when we come to know him in this way, that's when he begins to transform our lives so that our hearts are no longer divided 
but they belong entirely to him. And if there's one thing that we all need to ask of him is that we be of one mind and heart. So that we can belong entirely to him. Because it's then that we experience that joy that he promises for our lives. And in this time of the Easter season, as we like, hear how the gospel is proclaimed in the very first Easter season, it might be a time where we become more aware that there are certain things that we gave up during Lent that have just shown up back in our lives that aren't good for us. Or there are res- resolutions that we made, okay, like this Lent season, I'm going to get this sin out of my life, and it's shown up again already. And if that's the reality in our lives and the reality in our hearts, we're in good company. We're in the same place as the first Christians. And we need to hear that gospel proclaimed the way it was by Peter and John in the beginning. So that we can truly come to know him We can truly come to know the one who conquers the divided heart. And so today, let us pray for the strength and the courage to bring our heart to our Lord and ask him to heal whatever division lies there, whatever darkness lies there, Whatever obstacles to love reside there. That we may truly be one. As Jesus is one. That we may belong to Jesus just as he belonged to the Father. And know the joy of being his beloved sons and daughters.